is there a light to the end of the tunnel of Alabama's roster situation? Kalen DeBoer is in. A lot of players are out. Does that mean Alabama is going to take a step back here in 2024? We talk about that on today's episode of The Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on the crowded booth with Bryce Coon. Hello, everyone, and welcome in. My name is Bryce Coon. This is the Crowded Booth Podcast, talking college football, Atlanta Braves baseball, NFL, everything in between. We appreciate you checking us out, whether it's on YouTube. We appreciate you. We'd love for you to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you like this, and leave a comment about what you think. Well, if you're watching this one, you're probably an SEC fan and you might even be an Alabama fan. And today we talk about this potential roster dilemma that that is happening, obviously, in Tuscaloosa. Unless you've been living under a rock, you obviously know Nick Saban announced his retirement, causing this massive chain effect of coaches leaving, Coaches joining new programs, new openings coming open, all the way to the point of where somehow, some way, Nick Saban retiring at Alabama has now affected San Jose State. As I don't think uh, San Jose State fans or alumni or that donor base thought that would quite be the issue as they rolled into the month of January and into early February. But this retirement of Nick Saban has kind of sparked this coaching carousel. And as we know in this sport and where we are in college football, it's also created quite the roster conundrum for not only Alabama, but for a lot of different teams. Kalen DeBoer, the new head coach. And today we kind of dive into what's necessarily the problem here, what's the issue, and, and where does Alabama go to fix this, and can they fix this on the fly? Is this a quick fix for Kalen DeBoer? So first off, we take a look at this. Uh, you know, look, this is a situation where you have had uh, now nine days that this transfer portal window ha- has been opened. Uh, it has been a sticky situation, uh, therefore, to say the least, of what Alabama wants to try to do and what they want to try to accomplish. You know, as they get into spring practice, you have 22 days left, essentially 21, 22 days, depending on when you're watching this, of your roster is essentially open for kids to enter into the portal. We've already seen not just big names, but big numbers and names enter the transfer portal. Isaiah Bond, Caleb Downs entering the portal. I mean, those are two fixtures of this Alabama roster. And the biggest question for these people has kind of been, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? We're going to answer that here later today. But 21, 22 more days kind of left of this conundrum. Uh, You look at what has happened with the names that have left. And let's just be real. Top-tier talent has left Tuscaloosa. There's no ifs, ands, buts. You can't argue against it. And we're not going to sit here and try to do that here today. Alabama has lost some of its best talent on its roster throughout the portal. There have been some names that might have gone in no matter what. Uh, There have been some names that maybe fans didn't feel like would be a big fixture. But when you start to kind of look at the laundry list that has become of names entering the portal and landing elsewhere, There is a cause for concern. There is real concern about where this roster is going to be headed as you get into spring ball and you continue to kind of do that. Remember that spring ball starts about in March. You have about two months to really kind of figure out what your roster wants to look at. But the dilemma as a whole is you have lost top-tier talent 
And then now you have to kind of get into the situation of, well, well where do you go from here? Uh, look, could there be more? You're going to have chances now with Washington, Arizona, San Jose State, Buffalo, uh, South Alabama. You know, you're going to have chances to bring in players. Are those guys difference makers? We're going to talk about that as well. But overall, this roster dilemma, it is real. It is a tangible thing. Uh, you are feeling the effects when you look at that depth chart and guys that you think you had slotted in, not only to be starters, but all SEC and potential All-American type of players are not going to be suiting up You know, for uh, the Crimson and White in spring, much less this fall. It's a real thing, and it's being felt by Alabama fans across the country. So the roster dilemma is real. Now, the question becomes, what can Caleb DeBoer do in the present? Because you can't do anything about what has already happened. And I want to preface it with this. Kalen DeBoer, in my opinion, is going to be fine. And you might say, well, no, 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 no. What are you saying? No, I'm saying this. Kalen DeBoer knows how to do a lot with a little. In fact, he's done it everywhere he's been. You look at the guy's resume, and I really don't sit here and, and really necessarily care if you're going to knock a guy for being at an NAIA level. He has won. He has shown that he understands how to bring a team together, how to culturally shift a program from a loser mentality to a winning mentality every single place that he has been. Most notably, obviously, what he was able to do after you know Jimmy Lake's uh, kind of disastrous run at Washington brings them on the cusp of a national title just a few short weeks ago. So you ask yourself, what is the question that he can do now? Okay. The portal window, like we mentioned, is currently open for several teams. We've already seen some of the big additions. Obviously, Austin Mack coming over as a quarterback. The four-star committed to Washington was on Washington's roster and now entering into a chance to play for the Crimson Tide this fall. A couple other things of note here. Bottom line, you just kind of have to keep plugging away, though. If you're Kalen DeBoer and you're trying to sit here and decide what you're going to do, man, just keep moving on. I mean, this is a guy that is going to have talent in Tuscaloosa, even with the exodus of players, higher, more highly evaluated than any place he's ever been before. He's won at Washington with what they rated last year. This is a team and he took to, in Washington to a national championship game. They're ranked 26 nationally in the 24-7 sports team talent composite rating. That team went 14-1. and They won the Pac-12. They beat a Heisman finalist in Bo Nix twice. They did a lot of different things. So in the present, Kalen DeVore is going to be fine. This Alabama roster has enough talent, has enough depth, as well to withstand probably better than 130 other FBS programs could in this situation. And we also need to understand this. Is Alabama going to take a step back in 2024? Probably so. But what are you measuring that by? This is a guy that is coming in as a winner, proven winner at many different locations, but he's taking over for the goat of all goats. The, the, the greatest coach that we've ever seen walk in you know, a room at the college football level. There was going to be a level of you have to kind of come back down to earth a tad just because of how high the standard was. This is a program that's won double-digit games over the past decade. I don't know, folks, if we're going to see the dominance that Nick Saban brought to the table. So the question of what can Caleb DeBoer do in the present, well, it's, it's pretty simple. You just keep doing what you've been doing. Look, if they didn't think Caleb DeBoer was capable of doing this job, he wouldn't have been hired. I think that, you know, this is something that 
isn't necessarily new territory for DeBoer either. Look, he went through similar transition uh, at Fresno State and won. He then did it again at Washington, won and won in a bigger fashion. Now, I agree. This is a different beast. This is a whole different animal that you're dealing with. Way higher level competition, way higher level stakes, and competition in an SEC that he probably has not seen on a week-to-week basis throughout his entire career. However, Greg Byrne, the brass, felt like this was the best move to make. They indeed did make it. And so now it's DeBoer's job. So what can you do in the present? You continue to restock your roster with potential Washington players, potential players anywhere else in the country. Jim Harbaugh leaves. You can look up to Michigan. But the first post-Saban week was always going to be a rough one. I mean, why would it not be? You can't fault the kids. But this is a 2024 Alabama team that is going to look vastly different than the 2023 Alabama team as it should. So this isn't new territory for Kalen DeBoer. I'm completely okay with saying that in the present, there's only so much that you can control. And it's get your staff in there. Obviously, he hires Kane Womack, uh, you know, to be his, you know, defensive coordinator. Uh, he obviously hires Maurice Linguist from Buffalo as well to come in as an assistant. And while this roster might not currently or go into spring ball or even go into 2024 season, stocked with the typical talent that they have, folks, that was such a high bar that at some point it had to come back down to earth. So we, as we sit here, we we think about this. Look, you're going to have another portal window that opens post-spring practice, April 16th to April 30th. I have a good feeling that we're going to see that portal time more active than we have ever seen You know, in, in the portal history of guys maybe not winning jobs. This is a spot where maybe you can add to as you know, DeBoer gets into spring ball. He can see what he needs to add to. He can see what he needs to, uh, you know, work around the edges of this roster. But I feel comfortable saying that all loss, although you lost some massive names, and yes, you might take a step back, this roster is still pretty heavy on the meat and potatoes. You're going to be fine. You're going to be able to win some games in the SEC. Yes, the panic effect uh, is normal after losing a coach like Nick Saban, but being able to kind of take a turn and then sit there and say, hey, we're going to be okay. We have some really talented guys in this roster that we're going to move forward with. Oh, and by the way, you have a head coach that has won at every place he's been with less. When you give him the keys to the Ferrari here, and maybe it's an older model of a Ferrari now, or maybe it's the base model of the Ferrari right now, This is a guy who knows how to win. He knows how to get the job done. So in the present, you control what you can control. Now, as we take a look at how this all this impacts Bama's future, I think let's first off talk about these are two vastly different things. These are two things that you sit here and you look at and you say, okay, the present, it is what it is. You keep plugging along. But, But the future, and look, I've heard a lot of people talk about, well, you know, the biggest knocking on DeBoer is going to be recruiting. He's never had to recruit at this type of level. He's never had to recruit at, you know, at SEC level competing against the money that the SEC schools have. Texas and Oklahoma are coming over. You're going to have some some different things there with them as well. And I'll take this as two points here. The first point is saying just because something has never happened or you feel like it hasn't happened, and it's because it has happened, But just because you feel like something can happen doesn't mean that it won't. Uh, Winning matters. And that's going to be the overarching theme of this segment. The winning matters in this scenario. 
I'll also point to three names right here that just stand out immediately. Nick Saban when he made his way to LSU. Brian Kelly when he made his way to LSU. Urban Meyer when he made his way to Florida. Brian Kelly's the only one that doesn't have a national title, but he's got back-to-back double-digit win seasons at LSU, and he also has uh, two top 15 or two top 10 recruiting classes. The idea that you can't recruit because you don't have a relationship or you can't uh, you know, necessarily bond with maybe the people in, in the South, I think that it's a completely overblown measure. And we're talking about what Kalen DeBoer can bring to the table. You know why? Because winning matters. These kids want several things. They want to be put on the national spotlight to be able to push their own brand, push their own uh, you know, narrative of being, I want to be playing in the NFL, and that's all fine and right. You're going to be able to do that at Alabama, and you want to win football games. Alabama has a history of doing that, and Kalen DeBoer has a history of winning of doing that. Now, is that saying that you're going to win or you know, go to you know four national championships or every single recruiting cycle is at least going to have a ring? No, that's once again, that's the lofty goal that we obviously would compare him and unfortunately going to compare DeBoer against because the recency bias. But if this wasn't Alabama, this wasn't, you know, the crimson and white, people would be applauding this hire for someone poaching Kalen DeBoer. It's just because of the standard that was there before that's probably unrealistic for anyone, especially in a new age of college football, new SEC, to really compete against. So winning speaks for itself. And I think Kalen DeBoer is going to do a a good amount about that, a lot of that in Tuscaloosa. Kids are going to want to come. He is going to be able to get into rooms, into, uh, you know, into houses, into living rooms to be able to recruit kids solely based off of his resume and the brand value that Alabama brings. There's a level of respect. There's going to be a level of respect with the guys that he has on staff. But just because, and it's a lot of these naysayers, it's a lot of these people out here talking about, you know, well, this is just a situation of where you have a guy who's completely out of touch and they're laughing. Folks stopped laughing at Urban Meyer when he came from Utah to Gainesville, you know, 15 years ago and he won the national title. Folks stopped laughing at Nick Saban when he did it at LSU, went to the NFL, came back down and went off as the greatest head coach we've ever seen in this sport. Folks stopped kind of laughing at Brian Kelly when he knocked off Alabama last year, took a 9-3 and team team to an SEC title, and then had a Heisman Trophy winner and won double-digit wins again. Two of those guys have won a national title, and I would probably beg to tell you that I think the third is going to be able to get one at some point in his career in Baton Rouge. I think the same thing here with Kalen DeBoer. Folks that are on social media maybe laughing about this, maybe trying to poke holes in the argument, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to poke holes hoping that this ship will sink. Will Alabama take a step back? Yes, because they were at such a high level that is nearly unattainable for many programs, if not most programs in the country. So yeah, they may come back down to earth a little bit. But the idea that they're going to fall off the table, I think, is a little overblown. And it's uh, it's fun to see on people on social media that maybe just kind of want to sit here and poke holes because of the same people if Twitter was massive back in 2006, you know, 2005 and everything when Urban Meyer was getting into Gainesville, probably would have said the same thing. So I think when you talk about Alabama's future, are they going to take a step back? Sure, you you have to. You just had the greatest coach of all time. But is Kalen DeBoer completely out of touch with college football and 18 to 22-year-olds because he's not from the South? No. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, case studies to support that. And we just mentioned three of them there and Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, and Urban Meyer. I think Kalen DeBoer is going to do a fantastic job. I, I think that he has the potential to win at a high level. 
uh, to you know be a team in Alabama that's consistently in the playoff picture as it should be. And I think too, you have a donor base and a front office, but an administration that is so accustomed to that. I don't think they're going to be willing to uh, let too much of it slack off. So if it's not DeBoer in the end, uh, it's going to be someone else. But I will tell you, I think Kalen DeBoer is a winner. He's going to be able to prove that. And I think that's one quality that should have the rest of the SEC saying, yeah, they may be a step down or something like that, but they're still going to have some crazy talent. And they're still going to be a really, really good football program going forward. That's Kalen DeBoer in Alabama. My name is Bryce Kuhn. Thanks so much for tuning in as we talk about the roster dilemma and how it affects Kalen DeBoer's early early time at Alabama. Guys only been there a week. Let's give them a break, folks. We appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like to be a part of the Crowded Booth, we'd love for you to join over at the www.crowdedbooth.com. You can follow us on social media as well. I'm the host, Bryce Kuhn. We've got great content all season long and all off season long that we'd love for you to be a part of. We will catch you next time here on the Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on. The Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.